Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, Salt Lake City area, and I'm super pumped about our podcast guest today. So as we all know, substance abuse is a rapidly growing problem and currently sweeping our nation. The statistics are alarming, and so today our guest is a Navy veteran who specializes in helping others stay sober and resist substance abuse. Colleen Ryan Hensley is a 10-year Navy veteran, candidate for Certified Mental Performance Coach with the Association for Applied Support psychology and founder of binging sober she holds an advanced degree in performance psychology and spent five years with a team of cutting-edge researchers and clinicians at the university of texas at dallas center for brain health teaching high performance cognitive training to military veterans and their spouses and caregivers active duty military and first responders around the country welcome to the show thanks for thanks, being here Nate. <laughs> absolutely so First off, how the heck are you? How's this new year treating you? Great, great. Just getting back into the groove, you know. I, I I feel that so much. We got we backed up we got back to school for the first day yesterday. And I was like, yeah. and like all the kids were little zombies. I'm like, I feel you, dude. Oh my goodness. Zombie is definitely a good way to put it. It feels like that. So how did you end up in this space? Like, what's your story that led you to start this binging sober movement? Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you for that great introduction and for having me here today. Uh, first of all, when I talk about hashtag binging sober, the sobriety is in reference to a lack of intoxication from any of these things, these escapisms that we're using to numb our minds, to make ourselves or try to make ourselves to feel better. But a right. lot of times they actually make us feel worse. Hence the zombie state that we find ourselves yeah, in. Yeah, right? we do it to ourselves. Right? So yes, substance abuse is involved, but my, you know, I, I support uh, more professional programs and care for people who do suffer from addiction. Yes. What I'm talking about with hashtag binging sober is really gaining awareness, control, and balance of our escapisms. These things Ooh. that are, we're so, they're so accessible to us, especially after the pandemic, right? Mm. I mean, now we can have anything delivered. We have 820,000 shows streaming on television. We're binge shopping, we're binge eating, we're binge drinking, all trying to feel better, all trying to, whether it's in our awareness or not, avoid uncomfortable feelings. I mean, mm. that's why we do this. And these things are controlling. We don't want to feel feelings? What? Oh. <laughs> I know, right? Right? I know. I know. So not feeling feelings. Let's talk about that because that's where hashtag binging sober was born. Mm -hmm. I suffered from depression in my teenage years. In the you know 80s, my parents were going through a divorce. Nobody understood what depression was. We weren't talking about it at that point. Right, it's kind you of know? a taboo. Like, oh, yeah. depression. Oh my gosh, mental health. Yeah. Go to go to a crazy house. Yes, exactly. And you know the people, the the kids that I knew that saw the guidance counselor. You know, we all talked about them, and we're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with them? 
you know, like it was just, um, it was, it was very taboo and my parents didn't understand what was going on with me. I didn't understand what was going on with me. That's why it's so important to talk about these things. And it's so important, you know, what you're doing with this podcast is, uh, you know, I, in my teenage years, I decided to turn to alcohol very young. I was, you know, 14 or 15 where I started wow. to escape that way. Yeah. Trying to avoid these feelings because it was more, you know, this idea of rub some dirt on it and get back in the game. You know, this idea of mental toughness, that feelings shouldn't be involved in that toughness. <laughs> Fun fact, rubbing dirt on wounds usually causes infection. <laughs> It's true. It's true. And that's a very good analogy. Um, and so I joined the Navy at 21. I always wanted to. I grew up on my grandfather's sea stories. And when I did uh, at 21, I finally felt like physically, mentally ready to go. And so I really adopted this mentally tough stoicism that is like paramount to what we think of when we think about the military. Right, right, right you know, this, this resilient, this, this, this resilience, this grit, and all of those things are necessary to, you know, live, survive, thrive in that environment. And it made me a great sailor, but I didn't feel a thing for over 10 years. I don't think I cried for over 10 years. Yeah. It was emotionally numb, very emotionally numb. And so it was, you know, it was the, uh, alcohol abuse that was also very supported by the culture. I mean, it's supported by the larger American culture. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the Navy just being a, a subset of that, you know, it was very much a part of the culture. And it was that and that lack of awareness around my use of it that um, put me in a bad situation. And I dealt with a uh, a trauma in the military that instead of facing it at the time, I took full responsibility, blamed myself for not having, you know, the wherewithal and for drinking all of the alcohol that I did, mm-hmm. that I just, I buried that trauma for 15 years. So it was that wow. mental toughness in the end that got in the way of that healing. Mm. So I'm sure you know, Nate, that when we try and hide these toxic, toxic feelings, which yeah. all of us are doing with these escapisms, mm-hmm. when we just try to bury it and don't face it. That stuff is going to come out anyway in and oh, yeah. impact our lives and wreak havoc on our mental health. And that is, you know, where we are right now. Yeah, that's huge. And right now, I think the big escapism, especially for kids right now, I mean, I think smartphones are playing a big, big yes. role. In, in your experience, what are what some of the roles that smartphones are playing that you've been seeing? I mean, it's, I group them all, you know, there's the smartphones, the video games, the television, all of those escapisms are not inherently toxic. It's the way that we use them, the amount, the frequency, the reason, like the avoidance, what are you avoiding by doing Mm. that? Um, And then your judgment of yourself and the impact that it's having on you. Like, you know, we're talking about the mental health impact of Mm. using these things. And when it comes to, you know, social media and cell phones and our developing brain of a, you know, child going through adolescence where they're trying to make sense of the world, a big part of my depression growing up was like my comparison to the way that I was perceiving my life and my, and I don't like this word, but broken family in comparison to what I was perceiving. Right. 
my my friends' families. Right. They the were nuclear family, all. right? That's yeah. you know, no and divorces, is, no step siblings. Yeah, and this is like that's a very basic example. I didn't have social media that was giving me all of these other protections. Just imagine to oh my compare gosh. myself to. I mean, just the so what I've witnessed is you know self worth draining, you know, self confidence lacking, just kind mm-hmm. of a. And, and it, children, adults, all of us, it puts us in a place where we're comparing ourselves to this ideal or this idea of happiness, success, wealth, whatever, you know, choose any of those that A, isn't accurate. Like it's not even, you know, we're looking at a facade. We're looking at a, a virtual reality, right? Mm-hmm. So you're comparing yourself to something that's not even real. And then a lot of times we're not taking the time to like, pause, connect with yourself. Is this really my ideal? Like, is this really something that I want for my life? Or is it something that I'm just like adopting and passively living with this idea of this is what I need to be doing in order to be successful, happy, wealthy, healthy, all the above, all of the above. So (laughs) it's that like, when we don't really know that causes a lot of, you know, internal struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And so now what you do you help people to to resist these escapisms right well well, let's look at escapism so escapism is the unhealthy like impacting your life in a toxic way and it's typically habitual it's not you may not even be aware of it because we've adopted collectively the use of these things we're it's accessible it's acceptable and so we're just doing the routine we're all in this routine rinse repeat wash rinse repeat just go on yeah and it's controlling us so if you think about escapism or escape let's say right from habitual escapism to the spectrum the other end of the spectrum to purposeful escape and when i say that i'm talking about like healthy so on the other end of the spectrum are these never going to be toxic naturally healthy escapes meditation, yoga, go out into nature, go play in the woods. Like these are things that we naturally do as children, mostly. And a lot of us, I don't know if you hear a lot of people say, we used to play outside when I was, you know, when I was back in my day. Yeah. And then my question to that, my my question to that is, okay, when's the last time you were playing outside? Yeah. Because as adults, we're modeling these things for the children that Amen. are. Oh my gosh, yes. So, um, so what I do with hashtag binging sober, and mind you, we just launched on January first. This Ooh. is a process. This is a process that I've been using myself to manage my mental health challenges for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. It started in the Navy when I was at sea, and I know this is a very dramatic example because not all of us can get on a boat and go out to sea. But it was, you know, kind of unintentional. I didn't have access to alcohol. I didn't have access to these things that I was leaning on to make myself feel better. So I started to notice this connection to myself that I never knew before. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to self-regulation and the process of binging sober, self-regulation is the outcome. The, The starting point is the connection to ourselves that we are missing because we're so distracted by these things that have totally taken power, like totally taken totally. control over us. And a lot of them, and I say a lot of them because there is, you know, the other end of the spectrum where we're talking about addiction, you know, that's a little bit different, but a lot of us are in this middle place 
where we have control of these escapisms that we're leaning on to make ourselves feel better. They're making our, they're making us feel worse. We're sick. We're tired. We have, you know, the, it's the number one threat to our mental health in this society are all of these escapisms and how we're using them. So, um, we can control these things and we need to start behaving as if we do have that control. Hmm. And, and you, you developed a, a vitality system to help people kind of keep track yes. of things they're doing that suck their energy and things that are doing that improve them. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah. A point system. So this. I mean, this... think of like Weight Watchers for your mental <laughs> yeah. health. Do, do think, do think exactly like that because that's exactly what it's come to. So like I said, it's a process I've been using for 20 years, but I wasn't using it with a lot of awareness in my twenties. Like I was just, it was just what I was doing because I was out to sea and then I would come home and right. go back to what I was doing. And, and then I noticed just how much better my quality of life was when I was out to sea. <laughs> so I left the Navy 12 years ago. And uh, like you, you know, you said in the intro, I, I, uh, I was working toward an advanced degree in performance psychology and I was studying transition of, and veteran wellness of veterans transitioning, um, you know, into the veteran life post-military. And I started to realize that I was adopting the trend of pretending like I was going out to sea, like I needed these breaks from these things. So eventually, and this is about so three or four years ago, I started to formalize this process into a point system because for me, I like to see tangible results. And when we talk about mental health and when we talk about these things like using escapisms, it's so subjective. It's so abstract. Like it's so when we talk about measuring our energy, unless you're doing some kind of like hooked up to some kind of you know machine to get objective measures, you're just not getting those. Right. So I created the point system to be able to measure or calculate the things that for you, how they impact you, like you're going to tailor the points to yourself. Right. We watchers is a little bit different and it's like kind of the same points for everyone, but this is, this is different in that you tailor the point system to yourself because what impacts you in a certain way is going to impact me in a different way. We have mm -hmm. different genetics, different physiology, different life experiences that have right. given us the, you know, the lives that we have and the perspectives that we have. And so, so all of those things make us different. So it's a process of taking the time to a sober binge is 24 hours plus. So at least 24 hours of stepping back from something that you're leaning on to escape. So just stepping back from an escapism and then really paying attention. And this is like the tough part for people. The part we need to condition is how does it feel? Like, mm. how does it feel? <laughs> because you're going to need to like reflect and connect with yourself to see how it feels. And then you start assigning points and it's a, it's a process. I'm not going to get into it all right now, but in the end, you come out with a blueprint of, like, okay, I know that these things impact me this way. These things impact me. They, I gain points. I gain energy. Right. These things drain my energy. So I'm not saying like, hey, Nate, if you tell me not to eat popcorn, all I'm going to think about is the popcorn. Right. And so again, I'm not talking about addiction. I'm talking about everyday use of these escapisms that we're just not managing. So the points gives us an objective way to measure, calculate, and gain awareness, control, and balance of these things that otherwise are controlling us. Well, it's kind of like you said, it's habitual, right? 
And so I feel like starting these good habits now can help us to avoid substance abuse later. That's the dream. Um, Earlier, we talked about how the statistics in substance abuse are kind of shot a little alarming right now. What are some of those statistics right now? What's going on with substance abuse in the nation? They've gotten even worse since the pandemic again, you know, for due to accessibility and, and everything else. I mean, statistics around, let's just take the most accessible, the most socially acceptable poisonous toxin there is. And that's alcohol. Uh If we just take that, I mean, the numbers for binge drinking are up in the, you know, 30% of people of drinking age are binge drinking at least once a week. 30%. It's, it's up near 30%, somewhere between 25 and 30. I've seen various Holy numbers smokes. because it depends on what you're looking okay, at. Okay, 25% still huge. Well, you know what's very cool though, Nate, is that the Sober Curious movement is happening at the same time. Ooh. And it has grown exponentially. Over the over the past, it's between 2021 and 2022, people taking just part in dry January has gone up considerably up to like 34% from 21%. That's a good start. And there's a lot of research saying that just taking that month off gives you the connection that you need to yourself to understand the difference between not having it and having it and the impact that has on your life, your energy, your wellness, your quality of life, your relationships, your sleep, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you know, that's what I'm doing with hashtag binging sober too, is eventually what has happened for me after using this for a long time has been, um, and I'm still deciphering how long that takes. That's the, that's the beauty. And now sharing this is we'll get more information of how this is actually working because what happened for me is that after using this for a while, you're retraining your brain, you're retraining yourself to know what it feels like to feel good without it. So instead of thinking that you're going to feel good with it, you start to understand, you know, as a normal part of your routine that you actually feel better without it. So you tend to want to then escape to not doing something or, or doing something that feels better. So you want to escape to binging sober instead of escaping to these things. I love it. It's it's kind of like you're bonding to that thing. Like, like you it, it so I, I got my not advanced degree, but I got a bachelor's in psychology. Um, and we it it, it makes me think about negative reinforcement, yeah. avoidant yeah. behavior that reinforces or perpetuates a certain behavior. Yeah. Kind of like the the car seat dinging you put on your car seat to stop the dinging. Yeah. Um, similarly, we engage in this escape we think we're we're, we think we're engaging in this escape to stop to stop the bad feelings but in the reality we're just perpetuating this destructive behavior making it worse and making it worse making the bad feelings worse it's like we're trying to write off half of the human experience avoiding feelings like how you know avoiding what we perceive as negative feelings right i mean Right. And way. so how do we reverse that? How I mean, yeah, we, we we try to escape in a good way, healthy ways to take breaks and whatnot. But how do we just embrace the suck? It's going to have to be obvious. OK, we're in the middle of it. 
we're sitting here talking about mental health. We're sitting here talking about these mm-hmm. things. We are in the middle of the reversing the suck. Mm. My mission is to redefine mental toughness. Mm-hmm. The reason yes. why is because it's half right. Yes, we need resilience to get through challenging right. times. Yes, the human experience is challenging. We tend to think about mental toughness when it comes to like extreme athletes, military, first responders, these people, you know, surgeons, right. people that are like in the midst of these really high stress jobs. Well, guess what? The human experience is high stress. Like we all need resilience. Yes, 100% to thrive in the, in the face of challenge. And that is something that is developed. It's learned. It's conditioned. Mm-hmm. You may or may not be born with some of it. A lot of it can come from the environment we grow up in, et cetera, et cetera. You know these things. But what we're missing when it comes to mental toughness is that the actual tough part is going back to the residual feelings that were left behind during that stressful situation and healing it. Because it's exactly what we're talking about right now. We're trying to run from it, trying to bury it with these other things. And that's exactly what's happening. We are just burying it. And it's those things that are buried that are oftentimes the triggers that lead us to want to escape. And we are not, it's all happening beyond our awareness. Mm-hmm. We're like little puppets. And so we reverse it by just talking about it and doing it, like right. modeling it for the next generation. Right. Talk, just talk about model. it. Yeah. Right. Bring it and out into the open. To, we need to start associating the perceived negative feelings that we're running from mm-hmm. as a part of the whole human experience, as a part of the whole full life. Right. A lot of people write off like having grit as not talking yeah. about our feelings, yeah. as not talking about when we're sad, when we're depressed, not acknowledging that because, come on, be tough. That doesn't bother you. <laughs> and but like you said, it's just making things worse. Something that came to mind immediately when you're talking about professional athletes was Simone Biles over this yes. last Olympics. Yep. That's when, a she, when she had to take a break, she had to step back from oh, the Olympics hey. itself oh, I um, love her. because, well, yeah. A, she was in a mental state where she could not do flips, yeah. literally could break her neck. She was not connected brain yep. and body and she could not do flips. And people, people were bashing her so much. Yeah. Oh I'm gosh. like, dude, you know how tough it is to step back from something when you're that competitive of an yeah. athlete? Mm-hmm. Thank Good you for bringing that up. That is 100% true. Uh, you know, Selena Gomez just came out and started talking about a, a psych, like essentially a psychotic break that she had came out to talk about it. And that's the kind of stuff that needs to continue happening because then mm-hmm. we neutralize it, normalize it. Which we're again, we're already in the midst of. We just right. need to talk about it. And you're Simone, like that, Simone Biles, Lena Gomez, all of us just in our lives, like going back to those painful feelings. I finally, through, you know, professional mental therapy, mental health therapy, uncovered this trauma. It took me seven years, six years, like to even get to a point where I could start talking about it. And then once I did, it was like, oh my. Oh my gosh. Like it was a totally different life because I was just so used to this feeling that I didn't even know was there that I was trying to bury and run from and bury and run from. Mm -hmm. And so going back to the feelings or coming out and saying, I can't do this right now. That is the tough part. And again, that's how we need to fully define mental toughness as a society to reverse and reverse what's happening and to embrace, like you said, the suck as part of a whole, whole life. Yeah. Acknowledging. I hear from so many kids like, Oh, I have anxiety. That's just how I am. 
I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you, you might have anxiety. It might even be clinically diagnosed by a doctor. So what are you going to do to try and still improve? How are you going to mitigate your triggers instead of letting them rule your life? Because yeah. so many kids, so many people, they're just like, oh, that's just who I am. The yeah. end. I mean, children, I'm like, guys, adult, we need to acknowledge. Children, adults. Well, I mean, it's. Yeah, we need we need to acknowledge and adults. I mean, the reason the kids are the way they are is because of us. Let's be honest here. And like we need to acknowledge, but we also need to mitigate. It's a combination of the two. Yes, we need to talk about it. And yes, we still need to be tough about it. We need to have resilience and we need to learn how to mitigate, learn how to cope. One of my friends, I talk about it probably this is probably the fifth podcast I've mentioned it, but it's hilarious. He's kind of messed up. Um, He has a tween. And when they go shopping at Walmart, he'll conveniently forget the milk at checkout. So he'll leave his tween at the checkout counter while he goes to go get the milk. And everyone's just waiting in line, staring at this kid. Where's your dad? Why'd he leave? And dad's just, you know, he doesn't even like lose sight of his kid. He's just chill. And he has the milk in his hand. He's like, Make him squirm a little bit. (laughs) Just make him squirm a little bit. All right. All right. I'll come back. You know, making him, forcing him to feel a little bit of discomfort. Learn how to cope with that in a healthy way in a safe environment. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, all right. As we're wrapping up things here a little bit. um, What are, I I think, what, what is a good first step for people? It looks like uh, it's sounding like we need to first analyze how our actions impact us. Yeah. And how, which a lot of times, yeah. Which a lot of times, most of the time, all of the time, even comes from just building that awareness, connecting with the feelings, but also exactly like you just said, like we understanding, okay. Understanding that what I'm about to say is the truth. (laughs) Like we have the control. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, a lot, there's a lot of anxiety. A lot of people are saying, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. Well, uh, if we're talking about adults, you know what, first of all, put the alcohol down for at least a day or two and feel how you feel that next morning, because that is causing a lot of the liquid anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what it is. The bottled anxiety. And then I'll go off on a tangent for that, but we think that we're sober in an hour and that's not true. Alcohol lives in your body for 10 days. Like, and you are going to keep trying to process that toxin. And that's where a lot of our anxiety comes from. Okay. Mm -hmm. So number one, understanding and adopting and embracing the fact that we have control. Yes. There are things that we can't control. And there are things that we can, and this is one of them. Again, if you, you know, if it it has moved over into addiction and you literally don't have the control, then please seek out that, that professional support for that addiction and the, the medical support, the mental health support. Most of us have more control than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. So it's that, it's that awareness. And then, like you said, you've got to understand how it's impacting you in order to do that. You have to step away from it a little bit. And I found, and that's why in hashtag binging sober, it's at least 24 hours, at least, I mean, preferably three days, preferably a week, but let's start with bite-sized chunks because you will feel a difference, not being on your phone for a day. Oh my gosh. It's like crazy. Have you ever tried that? Because oh, it's yeah. fascinating. Oh yeah. And it's it like, fascinating. It's, and it's like, ah. Uh... I need to get back on and do like my business stuff. Ah, 
Like, uh, it's almost it's almost more of a hassle once you've spent time off your yeah. phone, man. <laughs> yeah. And then all of these things that we say we used to do as adults, we used to, used to, used to. I want that to be like a red flag for you if you're out there saying I used to. If you're talking about something healthy, let me put it that way. If you used to do something unhealthy and you don't, that's fantastic. I support you. But if you're saying... I used to, we used to play until dark. We used to go outside and play until dark. Well, you know what? Maybe go outside and play until dark. Right, you're a big kid now. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. Like go outside, you can do whatever you want. You're an adult. Go outside with your child and play until dark. Like we we need to model that for our children. So it needs to be us that starts this trend and shows them the control that they have. I love that. I love that. Man, this has been so fun. Um, so as we're closing up, as we're closing up, first of all, thank you so much for being here. And second of all, how can people get in touch or see what you're up to? Shameless plug time. Let's hear it. (laughs) Bingingsober.com. That's where you'll find the connections to my socials. That's where you can sign up to be a part and yeah, just follow me there and you'll get all the information you need to check out binging sober. I really want to, you know, make this a movement. Oh, yeah. And I think it is. I think it is. Um, so go check her out there. That'll be in the podcast description. Make sure and go follow us on Instagram at Save the Kids Inc. All of that's in the podcast description as well. And if you want us to come to your church, school, or event, make sure to fill out the speaker form in the podcast description. Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go Amen. home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.